Hey everyone, welcome to Bridge Stories. This is our new podcast giving people space and time to tell their stories of encountering God and being changed by Him. We hope you're encouraged by these stories and also that you leave excited that you know a lot of really awesome people a little bit better. So sit back and enjoy. Let's do this. I've been following along. Um, Don Granger was 007 on episodes, so uh, this is my buddy Andrew Lima, 008. That's right. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for stepping in. Um, Yes. I was actually thinking about I was stuck in traffic. I was in a rush, I already told you, but... I was thinking about having you on, and I was thinking about, um, you know, so many of our guests are older, mm-hmm. as we say in bridge parlance, they're older <laughs> they're adults. Wiser. They're wiser. They're wiser. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is so many of them have so many stories to share, and they're talking about what they've learned, and when they talk about it, they talk very much like past tense, like what God has shown them. Yeah. Um, and I kind of soak that up, and I love that, but I was really excited because I, I feel like today is your birthday. It is, yes. Tell everyone how old you are. I am 20 years old now. 20 years old. But um, we work together. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I was excited because I feel like what's going on in your life that I know about is you are learning like in the present moment. Mm. Uh, And I think that's super awesome because I think um, there's so many people who uh, have heard some of the podcasts and just thought like, wow, what God has brought people through. Um, but I think it kind of opens up a brand new uh, kind of element of what God is doing right here and right now, which is is awesome. So, uh, Andrew Lima, tell us uh, what you do, who you are, uh, where you come from, all of the good stuff. All right. Uh, I was uh, born and raised uh, in Orange here, probably like seven to ten minutes away from church. Uh, I'm You're cross streets. Cross streets. Am I giving away my address? No, no. Do you have <laughs> a house number? Just the um. Uh, would it be Catella? No, not Catella. Collins and Tustin. Okay. Yeah. So fairly close. Uh, I am the uh, middle school leader here as well with uh, Casey Bowers. Um, 20 years old, like I said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think people will, um, I think people will recognize your face. So I think this is like your moment for people to be like, oh, that's who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Also, I think a distinguishing uh, marker for Andrew Lima is um, what car do you drive? I drive the uh, red VW Beetle. Perfect. So uh, I'm just curious, um, maybe in your own words, just just talk about a little bit about growing up in Orange. I think you're going to uh, connect a lot with some of the youth group students who they, they were raised here. So just talk about maybe uh, the schools you went to and um, some of what it was like to grow up right here in Orange. All right, yeah. Uh, so I went to, starting off, starting off with preschool, I went to a preschool uh, next to my grandma's house. Uh, I don't remember what it's specifically called, uh, but... Uh, I went there, and then I would go for, like, half the day, and then, like, during nap time, which I never napped, uh, I would just wait for my grandparents, and then I would just run home while they walked back. Uh, then I went on to kindergarten and elementary, which is the same school. I went to Handy Elementary, uh, which is right next to my house. It's maybe a two-minute walk, so if I forgot anything, I'd just run home before school started. Uh, I was probably the only... Uh, Caucasian kid there, okay, or probably most of the time. So it's definitely a, a Mexican ethnicity school. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up around a lot of that culture, as well as uh, me being Mexican. My dad is uh, full, so I've always been around that culture. But I didn't really grow up around uh, other kids of my skin color, and you know, 
What was that like? That, uh, it was, I never really thought of it yeah. as much. Uh, so it's just more of like starting that as like the base of my life. It kind of led me to how I act today. Yeah. So And then I ended up going to uh, Santiago Charter Middle School, uh, which a couple of the middle schools, uh, middle schoolers go there. Do they have the same teachers as you still? A couple, yeah. Some of them are retired, some of them still there. So we get to talk about that. I was there for the two years, 7th and 8th. And then I went to El Medina High School. Uh, it was a good school. It wasn't the best school, but it was a good school. Um, there uh, is where I met most of my new friends that I have now. And they decided to, to renovate the entire football field and complex after you finished, right? Uh, they started my uh, like end of junior year. Yeah. So my entire like high school or my senior year, I didn't really get it. Yeah. Um, so just just for some context, so people know, I was at your high school graduation. It was one of the hottest days of my entire life. Mm. Um, so you're welcome. Oh, thank Steve. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, I graduated in 2020. I didn't get a graduation because that's oh, when, you were 2020. Yeah, that's oh, when, I thought uh, you were 2019. Ooh, uh, apologies. That's uh, okay. That's why. Yeah. So I didn't really. I got a. For my graduation, I went to Santiago Middle School and picked up my piece of paper. And that was it. That was it. This is such a crazy time, huh? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious, um, did, you, did you grow up in and around church? I, I know some of your background, but I just want people to, to hear it a little bit. What's, what's kind of your, your background with church and um, how you know of God and who God is? Yeah, so I, uh, I, grew, up, I grew up in the church setting. Uh, my dad's uh, Catholic. My mom's Christian. Uh, so church was always a big thing, whether I'm at like my dad's family side or my mom's family side, God was always in the presence, you know, um, and growing up. So the first church that I remember, uh, is off of uh, 17th street and I remember being there and I didn't, I, over there, I didn't really have a lot of friends. I was kind of like the loner, yeah. but I was okay with it. Uh, you know, back then when I was six, I was like, Oh, donuts, let's go. It's Sunday, you know, yeah. nothing crazy. And then eventually uh, we started going to looking for other churches. We ended up going to a Plaza Bible Church, which uh, was originally in the circle yeah. next to Oahu's before like Snooze and all of them bought the building. Yeah, uh, so I went there, and that's I think that's definitely where I connected with God the most, and that's where it first sparked up. Yeah, so you're um, you're now our our middle school coordinator, a co-coordinator. Um, did you did you have kind of a, a deep rootedness in a, a youth program or youth group there? Yeah, I uh, for a long time I helped out with the uh, elementary kids there. I was one of the uh, assistants. Okay, and did you have like a middle school or high school youth group that you went to? Oh yeah, I uh, when I first started going there, it was just high school, so I wasn't allowed to go. And then we got a new uh, youth leader. Her name was Letty, and she eventually was like, "All right, we can we will allow middle schoolers." So the middle schoolers started coming. You know, started causing havoc, chaos. You know how middle schoolers are. Um, yeah. What are, what are some of your earliest memories? Something um, that you can remember? Because I, I know I know a bit of your your story and where you're at now. But where would you say were like kind of those pivotal moments in your life where you started to feel like, oh, God is real to me? Um, you know, obviously you were a young guy and you're trying to figure out who God is uh, when you're a kid. But what were those moments where you look back and you think like God was getting my attention? Uh, it was definitely at uh, Camp Cedar Crest. Which is up, uh, up in like towards Big Bear. Okay. Uh, during like youth group, normally uh, we you know learned about God, learned about Jesus. So you're like, oh yeah, there's this, this. And then when I went to Camp Cedar Crest is when I really connected, because I was like, all right, I gotta be vulnerable. I gotta, gotta confess everything. I gotta do this. Gotta do this. 
And then uh, I remember one night, God just straight spoke to me and comforted me. And I just remember started bawling my eyes out and be like, wow, God is real. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, now, when you have those experiences, so I've, I've also had experiences like that. Uh, how old are you? Middle school is what I'm picturing, kind of? Yeah. And you have these kind of camp, we call them like camp highs. You go off to camp, you're on a, a retreat, everything is Jesus all the time. Um, you're really feeling like this connection. So what, what was it like to kind of go up to a place like that? And then you already told us you're in kind of a public school setting. Hmm. So you go to a, a retreat like that and you come back and you go right back into public school. What was it like to, to kind of feel like God was so heavy and real for you and then kind of toss back in what I'm picturing as a, a setting that doesn't have a ton of Christian support? Yeah, um, it was it was a little weird. Uh, you know, not many people, especially at that young age, aren't, you know, like, yes, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, so it was a little different. Uh, but... I think it wasn't much different than average life, you know, now just coming back from, like, the camp and just going off, like, the camp high, like you said. uh, I think it just really, like, sparked my attitude towards others. Yeah. Um, I I didn't ask you, but um, are you only child siblings? I have one older sister, Kristen. Okay. Yeah. And how much older is she? Uh, By, like, two and a half years. Okay, so pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty close. And you guys are close, not just in age, but you guys yeah. have a pretty tight relationship. Yeah, definitely. That's that's really cool. So um, so I, I could speak a bit about how I, I met you, but I'm, I'm just curious from your perspective, um, maybe, uh, I think you may, were, maybe were in 10th or 11th grade when I met you. I Probably 10th. Okay, 10th yeah. grade. So, um, because I, I think right away people are going to click this episode and they're going to see, oh, Lima, he is uh, one of our, our middle school coordinators here at, at Bridge. How did he find Bridge? So I, I'm just curious. So uh, from your perspective, I met you in about the 10th grade. How did you uh, come to find out about Bridge? How did you land here? So at the time, uh, my family, we left Plaza Bible Church, and uh, we were searching for a new one, and we ended up at Sanctify, which is uh, off of Baltavia. And uh, my family loved it. Uh, and I liked the youth group, but it wasn't like a strong connection with God personally for me. And so I was like, I want to start looking at other youth groups. And I started going to different youth groups, and I was like, eh, these are okay. And then my friend Kobe Soto, uh, he was on the lacrosse team with me. And he was always like, hey, you should come to church. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but, you know, I'd rather go to In-N-Out, you know, and things like that. And then one day I was like, all right, all right, I'll go with you. And so we came. And that's when I first met you, because you were the youth pastor at the time. And uh, I was like, wow, this church and the youth group alone is just amazing here. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we should probably just, like, advertise for youth group next to In-N-Out, it sounds like. That would be a good place to, yeah. to, to get students. <laughs> got a new In-N-Out coming on the uh, Tustin right there. I don't know how they're going to deal with the, the traffic of that 17th and Tustin right there. It's going to be yeah. and, and that's it looks like Chick-fil-A in the same parking lot. Whew. Yeah, that's and uh I've witnessed an accident there before and the police say that's one of like the most uh interceptions that have a lot of accidents. It's just so much congestion yeah. on and off that. It's going to be interesting. Way. So you you mentioned uh lacrosse. Um so you're you're interested in following Jesus. You're you're learning about him. Um what is it like for um you go into high school. You know, I, I was in high school once upon a time, and I visited a lot of campuses. But how do you um, 
how do you kind of juggle this this growing relationship that you're building with God? You're a tenth, eleventh grader. There's a lot of things up in the air. You're trying to figure life out. You're doing sports and school, and God's getting your attention. So, what what is it like to to navigate high school for you? Um, I I really try to keep uh, Jesus as the center. Uh, especially I like to uh, not to be like, hey, look at me, I'm a Christian, but like to make people know that I'm just not like an average person in high school, like party, 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 you know, like especially like before lacrosse games, uh, I would go and I'd pray before I even stepped on the field. And I'd be like, not even to be like, hey, let's win. But I'd be like, hey, let's have fun and keep us safe, you know. But so. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing because um, there really is like a, a tangible sacrifice to follow Jesus in high school, isn't there? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know kind of both sides of it from my own story, but um, there really are, you know, connections and friendships that are made through things like partying and and doing all those sorts of things. And I I think people recognize that. And and so many people jump into that lifestyle, not not because they necessarily want to party, but they want the things that go with it. They want the the memories and the laughter and the, the fun. So, um, what would you say to maybe a high school student that's kind of toeing that line? Like, should I should I dip my toe in the water over there, or should I maybe stay away from it? What would you tell them, kind of with a little perspective? You're a couple of years out of high school now. What would you tell them um, about making that choice? Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with uh, going to a party. You know, something's wrong with uh, doing things you shouldn't be doing at a party. You know, uh, so. But what I would say is. Remember and stay true to who you are, and especially in Christ, you know, knowing knowing that uh, God's your friend, Jesus is your friend, you know, and that's the center of who you are, you know, and being the light in the party, not being like the main person, but having people be like, oh, yeah, if you needed someone to talk to, that person's there. He's a super friendly person. They're this, they're this, you know. Yeah. Not trying to fit in, but stay true to who you are. Yeah. So you you graduate, and by graduate, you grab a piece of paper from the local middle school (laughs) COVID graduation. (laughs) It's it's like a—it's crazy how how strange everything became Mm -hmm. with COVID. Yeah. um, So you finish high school. Um, You have some interaction with with Bridge Community Church. Um, I I know, but um, just tell everybody, how how did you go from being in the youth group— graduating high school and then being a co-director of of middle school yeah uh, i like at when i was at plaza i was uh doing the children's ministry and i always loved to be part of the ministry and when i was out of high school i was like oh man i can't go to the youth group anymore and i was like ooh, maybe i would be able to be a leader and then that's uh you asked me if i would want to be a middle school leader for as a volunteer and at that time, uh, Joel and Abby were the middle school leaders, and so we were we were under their wing. And from there, uh, they ended up going to do uh, missionary work, and then that's when you asked me about it. Yeah, and it was um, I can't remember was it did I ask you for a three month or a six month commitment? I believe it was like a four month. Okay, was it like a a summer or I can't, I can't remember what it was. I remember we met outdoor in the um, the orange circle when it was still uh, seating in the street. Yeah, I think I think it was in the summertime. Okay. I think it was in the summertime. Yeah, and it was like, a, hey, can you just fill a gap for us? And, yeah. and how long has it been now? Uh, going on, it was just over a year since I've been on staff. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been awesome um, to have you on staff. So I think one of the things that uh, people are going to want to know is uh, how do you do middle school, bro? Uh, middle school is high energy. Uh, but luckily, I'm high energy too. Uh, you can ask everyone I know. I can't stop talking. I have so much energy. So when the middle school wants to do this, do this, or they're... Uh, attention span is not as long as a high schooler, you know. I kind of like, I feel you, because my attention span isn't the longest. My, I'm always have to be moving. I'm always having to do something like this. So it's kind of like a, a relatableness to it to be like, I get what you're going through. So let's make it easier for you, you know. Yeah. What are what are some of the ways that you approach uh, middle school um, to make things easier for middle school? Uh, first thing I would say, uh, get rid of their energy. You know, starting off with, like, a game. Uh, like, recently, we've been doing, like, uh, Capture the Flag before uh, we do, like, lessons and stuff at Youth Group and stuff. Or we do uh, wiffle ball, things like that. Or a game, something in the room where you're just, like, running back and forth. Just get a little bit of energy out just to start off with. Yeah. And then things with, like, lessons to keep their attention, you know. It's not just, like, a textbook, like, all right, page one. You know, we try to try to add jokes into the lesson, trying to make it funny, you know. So they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's such an interesting age, especially, um, you know, on a Wednesday night, for instance. The majority of these students have already been sitting in a classroom facing forward listening to, to someone talk and um you know, for, for a lot of, a lot of months, even years, I, I used to just beat myself up. Like, how come they won't listen to me? And I, I realized you were just one person in a long list of, Hey, everybody look up front and be quiet, you know? Um, so that creativity is, is totally key with, with middle school. It's, it's a tough age, but it's a crazy fun age if you can hang, huh? Yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I love the middle schoolers. That's, that's, it's really fun. And, um, you know, we've we've seen that group kind of blossom, not just uh, more kids, but even like kids who are, you know, pretty, pretty guarded and protected. They're coming out of their shell. And yeah. um, I love when you guys do like welcome, for instance, and, and people will say, I drove into church and there was all these crazy kids waving signs, welcome to church and screaming. And um, that's your your crew. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm interested because uh, I want I want to ask you one more question before we kind of dive into what God's up to in your life. But I forgot to ask you. Uh, I think people will recognize you because from time to time you've kind of been on the stage playing some percussion. Uh, where did music enter your life? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, music probably entered my life uh, with my grandpa. Uh, he played ukulele, and he always just. Play up the ukulele. You'd uh, pull it out and play a couple riffs and stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, you know, and my mom, obviously, who grew up with him, uh, he played the same seven songs over and over again. Yeah. So my mom and grandma are like, "Oh, this song," but I was like, "Do it again, do it again." And so he he introduced me to like playing music, for sure. Uh, and because of him, I started playing ukulele as well. Awesome. Um, I mean, and you play percussion as well. In yeah. fact, I, I, people won't be able to see, but I can see your uh, ukulele right over here. Are you playing ukulele worship tonight? No, we have a talent show going on tonight. Okay. And uh, me and a couple of other students are trying to do like a ukulele trio type of a song. Don't know how well it's going to be because we have yet to practice, but uh, it's going to be fun. There's nothing like uh, practicing like 45 minutes before a talent show. Yep. You know, I my, my um, kind of being a youth, my memory of talent show is it always seems super awesome. 
like everybody signs up and they're going to share and they've seen this on TV. And then when it gets closer, everyone gets cold feet and everyone cancels and five kids end up doing it. So yeah. I'll pray more than that. Show up yeah. to, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, so we've been, we've been chatting and I, I think this is a cool conversation to have on a podcast. Um, you know, you've been doing middle school for a while. You've kind of had different ideas of uh, what a, a career path or, or kind of a job might be. And I know you showed some interest for a long time in um, uh, EMT work or, or working in that kind of field. And starting to feel like maybe God's starting to tug on your heart and you're at the very beginning of kind of asking for, for clarity and discernment from the Lord on uh, mm-hmm. what does your future look like. And um I think it's a really raw and cool conversation to have. Um, what does it look like for uh, somebody who's 20? You know, so, so often you go to a church and you see somebody who's 50, 60, whatever, preaching, and you just never think to ask, like, where did all of that begin? Um, and I think we have this tremendous opportunity to have some insight into where that begins, because it, it begins kind of like with where you're at right now. So um, where are you at right now? What do you feel like God's up to? Uh, right now, uh, God, God switched paths on me. You know, uh, I had a I had a strong feeling of like, oh, I love EMT. You know, being my mom's a nurse, and so I've always been like around like medical field type stuff. Uh-huh. Growing up, and I've always loved helping people, and I knew like helping people in some shape or form would be what I do uh, as a living. Uh, and so, but recently, I've been doing a lot of praying, a lot of thinking, and it, uh, God really pointed out that EMT was just to get me to where I am right now and uh, really pointing towards ministry and just diving into getting to people. Yeah. When you when you think of that idea of um, being called into ministry, was there like a, a moment? Was it like a series of things? How, how would you describe God kind of closing one door to opening another? Was it just a, a gut feeling? What, how would you describe that? Uh, so it, it started off, I was actually driving right here on the 22, and I, I was passing the church, and uh, God told me to to start uh, doing what I want to do for a living. And at the time, I was like, "Oh, EMT, yes." And I was like, "Hey, so God's God's telling me to start EMT." And so uh, continue on, and I'm just like, you know, EMT, just like I want to do it, but something just doesn't feel right with me saying it out loud all these times. And it, I did more praying, and God eventually opened up my eyes to I want you to serve for me and i'm just full-hearted absolutely full sending it Hmm. full send (laughs) uh now when you when you kind of experience a a call like that it can be um kind of daunting and exciting and passionate and crazy all kind of rolled into one um where do you see kind of god's call already playing out in middle school what are the things that you just feel like oh that that really makes me come alive uh, when, especially, uh, I would say when, like, we do a lesson or something like that, and the kids are like, oh, yeah, and they're having a great time, and then a week or two later comes by, and one of them comes up to us, and they're like, oh, this and this happened, and then, like, I can see God shining through them, and I can be like, wow, that's, that's the reason why I'm doing this, you know? Yeah, that's, it's really cool, and it's cool that you, um, you have this opportunity to grow alongside of kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking yesterday that, um, you know, middle school is a really interesting time because you have a very definite start and finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were we were talking, and you were telling me some of the things that you really want to leave as kind of like a legacy as they finish eighth grade and go on to a new group that 
um, or, or kind of like an imprint on their lives. Um, who are some of the people that you feel like when you look back, um, childhood, middle school, high school, where you're you're looking and, and maybe beginning to connect the dots of God's call on your life as kind of the product of a lot of people who have poured into you. Um, who are some of those people? What, what did they do? What, what are your memories of them? Um, so starting off with uh, when I was at my old church, the pastor's name's uh, Pastor Mike Lubsack, uh, amazing pastor. Uh, I would go out to breakfast with him every now and then. We'd just talk about uh, what God's doing in both of our lives, what's going on. Uh, because at that time, I was like, ministry is such an amazing thing. And so I'd go with him, and he would help give me advice, stuff like that. And then there was another guy. His name's uh, Zach. Uh, he was one of the high schoolers with me. Uh, and uh, he's now a, uh, a youth leader as well at a different church. And so him as well, we would all we would always be talking about God, stuff like that. We'd be like, oh, we should go do this. We should go do that. And then uh, another one, one of our still great friends, uh, family friend, uh, his name's Matt Baker. He's, uh, I go to him for when I'm like in a deep hole, I always go to him. And he always points me in the right direction, pulls me out for mm. sure. And he's, he's always, he's God-centered. He's always perfect advice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, as you are, are kind of thinking through these people, I'm I'm just curious, like, what are some of the, the things that maybe you picked up from them along the way that you're um, kind of putting to work in your own your own ministry? Ooh, sorry. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I would say uh, one thing I learned from everyone is uh, patience. Um, especially in my high school, I was always like, go, go, go. As soon as I had like an idea, I was like, hey, we got to do this. We got to do that. <laughs> and they really got me to like, hey, you should, you know, talk to God a, while you're doing it, but B, before you're doing it, you know, and be like, make sure that this is something that God wants you to do and stuff like that. Yeah. And that, that type of advice has paid dividends for you. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. Um, so you're, you're kind of walking out this path. You feel like God is leading you in a direction. Um, what are, what are some of the experiences that you're really hopeful, um, that maybe God will, You've probably listened to some of the podcasts, I'd assume. Mm-hmm. What What are some of the things maybe you've heard God do in the lives of other people that you're maybe anticipating or excited about um, seeing God do in you? Um, you, I'm just excited to be God's God's vessel. You know, uh, I don't have any specific goals of like, oh, I can't wait for God to do this in my life. I can't wait for God to do this and uh, do this and this and this. It's more of like, I can't wait to see what. God uses me in any aspect, whether it be I'm talking to someone I just met on the street or talking to one of my friends and giving him words straight from God to help him. Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking, um, I, I just had kind of this image of somebody stumbling upon this conversation. I don't know if it's in weeks or months or even years, but just a, a young person looking for, you know what, I feel like maybe God's called me into ministry. I don't really know how to how to start. I don't even know what to expect. Um, I'm curious because I, I think you're the youngest or one of the younger ones on our, our staff here. Yeah. When you kind of bridge this gap, pun intended, um, <laughs> when you bridge this gap and, and you kind of went from, you know, kind of outside of looking in where you're, you know, you're worshiping and you're coming to church and now all of a sudden um, it's it's not just something that is a volunteer position, but now you you work for a church. And sometimes that becomes kind of a, a cloudy gray area. Mm. Um 
What are some of the things that you would tell somebody like, hey, you're, you're wanting to get into ministry. What are some of the things maybe that caught you by surprise or, or weren't what you thought they would be? Uh, maybe things that you thought are like, wow, it's way better, way cooler than I thought, or like, man, I didn't know I had to do that. What are kind of the things that happened at, at a church that maybe caught you by surprise, whether they were good or, or not so good? Yeah, I would probably say how much uh, work and how many people, how many hands it takes to complete a task, you know, whether it be like the summer camps that we do or something uh, like a small activity for the middle schoolers. So from your your perspective, paint, paint a picture because we're, um, you know, Easter is on the horizon and on Easter, you know, our, our plan is that um, we're going to start announcing summer camps. Mm. Paint a picture for people from your perspective. What does it take to to pull off a, a skateboard camp or a baking camp? Oh, man, there's so much. So first you have to uh, figure out what target audience is, right? And in this case, it'd be like the elementary kids. And then you got to figure out what activity you're doing. So would it be skate camp, bake camp? And then you have to figure out how many people we have to start off with, how many more people we need to get into this, what what uh, volunteers can we get? What sponsors can we get to help send out the word? Things like that. Then you have to do how are we going to provide snacks? How are we going to, what's the lessons going to be? What's the main goal? You know, things like that. It's like little step by step to get to this awesome big product. Yeah, and it takes a, a pretty big village. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anything else kind of behind the scenes of like, wow, I'm, I work at a church now. This is odd. This is strange. Or this is awesome. I had no idea. What are, what are the th- your impressions? Um, pretty pretty good. I don't, I don't see much different to it. I think what I see the most is other people's reactions. You know, people come up to me like, oh, what do you do? And I go, oh, I, uh, I work for a church. And they go, you work for a church? And then they look at me, you know, being 20, you know, or before 19. And they're like, you're so young, though. I was like, what do you do? And I go, and seeing their reactions and being like, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you feel young? Um, mentally, I would say yeah, but physically, my body hurts. <laughs> that's because you're running after middle schoolers. Oh, yeah. You took them to the trampoline park <laughs> last Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I, I think, um, when I was 20, I, I already had felt called to ministry, but I kind of had this idea of like, I don't know why, I always thought like, you got to be like 25, 26, 27 before anyone. And I, I realized um, at this church, one of the things that's amazing about who we are at our, our core and our identity is um, it's just our DNA that young people are put in positions to do cool stuff. Um, whether it's you're 12, you're old enough to welcome people to church. Um, sometimes we've done like serving communion. We've done um, worship nights where kids lead worship and all those sorts of things. So I I just think it makes perfect sense and it's it's pretty cool. Um, so tell people some things. Um, you're relatively new, so you could even get in hot water and not know it. This might just be kind of a, a fun exercise. W- what are uh, some of the personalities behind the scenes that... Um, that just strike you? Maybe things about uh, people you work with mm-hmm. that people might not know. Um, I would say matching high energies. I don't, I don't think there's anybody... Who is the, that, other than you, who is the highest energy person? Probably Pastor Danny. Okay. Or uh, Krista. Or Krista. Krista. Those two are always like, yeah! Yeah, I've never done this on this podcast, but I feel like like some some quick fire questions here. They'll just come off the top of my head. Um, 
when you first started, who who would, would you say was the funniest? Who made you laugh the most? Um, I would say Josh. Josh. When we first started, yeah. What what would he do? Uh, just small little quirky jokes. Like it's always like the one liners, you know, not like the huge setup jokes. But I'll say something and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and I'll be like, "That was funny." Okay, uh, of kind of um, not not like the youth department or something, but if if one of kind of the older staff members had to pull off being twenty, who could pull it off the best? Pull off being twenty? Probably you. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I always am told like you you're thirty four going on sixty. So no. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, I think I think you uh you just because you've been around younger people your whole life, you kind of have like that younger attitude for sure. You're just saying that because you're supposed to butter me up right now. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I was like all embarrassed yesterday to tell everyone I I pretty much just listen to hymns. Mm-hmm. Everyone was talking about all these modern worship, and I'm like I've heard of that, but I'm yeah. pretty much still listening to piano and hymns that were recorded. Like it's more traditional. Years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who, um, if if you had to go to lunch with someone and just have a conversation, who would be the most interesting person to sit and talk to? Um, probably Krista, you know, because she's all on the baking field and she's around food all the time, you know. she's. I just want to see how she would critique every every food that she would eat and be like, oh, if they did this, it would be better. And I'd be like, maybe you're right. <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you, but I'll just tell you the truth. Krista will order one of every single dessert just so she can try every single one, which uh, has has created some funny memories over the years. You All just right. feel like it's one o'clock and I need a nap. I can't go back. I'm so stuffed with a bite of every single thing. Um, let's see. I, uh, anybody, audience participation? What kind of questions you got for Lima? Quick fire. What is it? I don't think they have anything. They don't, they don't want to participate. <laughs> um, so 20 years old, today is your birthday. Indeed. you got a lot of years uh, ahead of you. Um, what would you say, like, um, somebody, somebody's watching this. Somebody's like, I wonder if I'm called to ministry, or I, I feel called to ministry. What, what's next for me? What would you say are, are kind of the, the, I don't know if you want to call them skills, or the things that go with um, a pastoral calling that you, you feel like I, I'm really working on, and I, I really want to pursue those things? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, patience, you know, just because you have patience doesn't mean you're the most patient person in the world, you know. So patience, for one, uh, great listening skills, uh, for sure. You have to be able to not only listen to people, but connect with them, you know. You have to give the time to be there. Uh, so definitely, definitely uh, work on your people skills, you know, your communication skills. Uh, so if you can't talk to random people, you know, maybe... Be a challenging. Yeah, be a little challenging. Um, be be open to change. You know, uh, your your life's always changing. God's always pointing you different ways. Uh, so, of course, you can be in the same area of ministry for fifty years, but God could also be like, "All right, two years is up. All right, now you're gonna be going that way." You know. Yeah. Um, what, what do you feel like as you sit not not as the middle school director, but as you sit in church? What What do you feel like? if you could pinpoint it, that, you, that, that God is kind of saying to people your age, what, what, what do you think that God is trying to get a, a hold of and get the attention of kind of your generation? Uh, definitely trying to grab younger generations, uh, attention. And I think it's all for a, re- a revival. You know, I think, uh, this, this world's very 
iffy about what's good, what's not good, what's morally right, what's not morally right. And I think God's really trying to call on the youth and be like, all right, we're going to get a new setting stone for the future. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm I'm noticing this this trend in church, not just bridge, but a, a lot of churches that I've I've talked to pastors is it seems like this return and, and COVID almost like pushed us full speed ahead. It's like this return to the basics. Mm. Um, I've been blown away how many young people have been showing up to to like a Wednesday Bible study, for instance. There's nothing like somebody um, somebody was like, you know what I love about this? It's that it's not cool and we still like to do it. And, and it wasn't like a diss. It was like, you know what, for the for the longest time, at least when I was a young adult, like I kind of wanted to walk in like a lobby that was cranking like secular rock and roll music and have like mm-hmm. French press coffee and it just felt like hip and cool. Yeah. Um, but there came a time where I'm like, you know what, I, that's cool, but I really just want to open God's word and be instructed in it. And it seems like um, with this full scale return to just authentic, raw, worshiping God, being open and vulnerable, vulnerable before him and um, just like nothing crazy just open the Bible and let's read God's word together and see how it shapes our hearts and our minds. Um, how, how do you kind of take something like that? So I know that, that we talk a lot about these sorts of things in staff meetings and stuff, but how do you take something like that and, and try to lead middle schoolers and, and just like the, just the basics? Yeah. Um, you know, you don't need all these fancy fireworks. You don't need all these, uh, fancy tools to, get the word across you know and especially at a younger age you know they don't want to hear all these advanced tips and tricks you know they're like whoa i'm just trying to learn who god is stuff like that you know you don't want to scare them off too early um uh definitely sticking to the basics you know making it fun making it uh letting them know that it's not just hey there's this guy in the sky who rules over everything it's there's god you know he's not only a father to you, but he's a friend, you know, he's always going to be there for you. And he loves you more than anyone can describe. Hmm. And, and I know that you have some, some worship giftings. How, how are you seeing the middle schoolers just begin to change and transform here at Bridge? What have you seen God up to in the middle school? Oh yeah. When I, when I first started, you know, all the middle schoolers were still shy and especially around high schoolers, they didn't want to be too outward, you know? Uh, but from, where we are now, I see more and more kids starting to stand up, starting to close their eyes, raise their hands, you know, and just give themselves to the Lord. I think it's absolutely beautiful. What does that feel like for you as a, a leader when you, you know, maybe you're worshiping at the back of a room and you kind of see a kid and, and you've been around enough to know, like, that's just not how that kid usually acts. And maybe it's even like the the feeling of, wow, that's the the first time they've had this kind of intimate connection with God. What does that do inside of you as a leader? Oh, it sends absolute joy to me. You know, it's not so much of like, oh, we we did this, you know, where it's but it's they finally have a connection with God, you know. We what we've been trying to do and allow them to understand who God is and love God, it's finally breaking through. Yeah, it's like um it's like the that you've set the table and you've done everything you can, but God has served the meal, and now they're eating of it. Yeah, I planted the seed, and God watered it. Yeah, and they're they're tasting and seeing that God is is good. Um, so as we kind of like head for a, a finish line, I'm 
I think one of the things that we've noticed about this is it's kind of this open door gateway to, to people um, who maybe kind of know you uh, from a distance or know of you or, or just know your face and don't know your name. And all of a sudden they feel like, well, I kind of I kind of know that that person. So I, I'm just curious um, as we wrap up, how would how would you just describe um, who you are right this moment? Um Say we're wrapping up a Sunday morning church service, and maybe people see like, oh, he's surrounded by by middle schoolers. Uh, what would you say to somebody who's like seventy that just wants to come and encourage you? Um, so just describe myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, wh- what are you, what are you about right now? Like, if somebody approached you, like, wh- what are they going to get? Uh, probably just realness. You know, I, I like to I like to keep it real. I like to not put on a face. You know, the person you see is the person you you get uh, behind closed doors, you know. Uh, I like just to be honest with people, you know. If anyone wants to come up and talk to me and ask me any questions, you know, I would love to answer them. I'd love to talk to you. If you want to go get lunch sometime, let's go get lunch, you know. Yeah. You you said that what you see is what you get. I think that speaks to, like, uh, integrity, character mm-hmm. um, kind of thing. Uh, as a as a young guy, uh, you know, the world is is a crazy place to live. But as a 20-year-old guy, the world can be a pretty, I think the Bible says it's a place that wants to ensnare us. How do you, um, how do you just kind of walk out what, character and integrity and pursuing who God has called you to be? What are the things that you do kind of day to day? What I do day to day, definitely, you know, keep it inside the Bible. You know, uh, there's no better way to learn who you are, who you're supposed to be uh, with God without, uh, or without, yeah, without reading the Bible, you know, you're not going to get very far uh, constantly praying, constantly talking to God, uh, small things like that. Yeah. Have you been reading anything in particular that's, that's hitting you? Uh, recently, uh, Joel and I, we've been going through the New Testament, doing a little 50 day challenge. Uh, and so just reading through everything, uh, probably every other chapter, I'm like, oh, wow. And I'm like writing things in my Bible and I'll be like, oh, this could be a cool lesson and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Any, any book in particular? Um, I like Acts. Acts was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Right now we're in Second uh, Corinthians. So you're making your way through through all those. So um, I don't often do this, but I, I screenshotted it so I didn't forget. But um, I, uh, I've i been writing this verse on um, on kids' postcards and in their Bibles and things for probably over a decade. And I wanted to share it with you. I was thinking about you. It's um, It was shared with me when I was, I think, 17 years old. It was... Um, it was an encouragement to me because I, I didn't necessarily come from a place that was like just super easy to be a, a follower of Jesus. I had actually come from kind of a, a little bit of a sketchy partying lifestyle, even as like a young high schooler. And I was kind of branching out, trying to make friends and having a hard time doing it. And um, I feel like somebody shared this with me and I, I just feel like it stuck so strong with me. I've been trying to pass it along. Um, so I, I hope this is encouraging to you and, and maybe you could even take the tradition of Andy and pass it along to students. This is uh, from 1 Timothy chapter 4. It's, it's Paul, and he's writing to encourage uh, a younger guy who clearly is gifted and called. Um, and sometimes just because you're gifted and called doesn't mean that you don't run into adversity and, and challenges. And he says this to him. He says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. You know, there's such a tendency when you're younger to kind of have that at the forefront of your mind all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
maybe you're in a, a circle of men praying or people telling stories and you you have this tendency almost to like slink into the background because you feel like I'm I'm not worthy or something. I think what Paul is saying is that's has nothing to do with it. What has to do with it is you're you're called the son of God and God gifted you and gave you skills and talents and so walk in confidence. So he says don't let anyone look down on you. Don't let age become something that makes somebody better or less than. He says um don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. I, I think the list is not meant to be all-inclusive. I, I think what Paul is trying to say is that no matter what age you find yourself in, you're a great candidate to set an example of what it looks like to, to live a godly life, one of integrity and mm. strong character. So I, I just wanted to encourage you. I was... Um, I was just thinking about you, and you're feeling like God is calling you uh, forward in ministry, and, and sometimes those comes in these great bursts where it's like very clear, and there's maybe what you might feel as like advancement, and I took yeah. this giant leap and bound. And there's times where it's kind of like, man, I, I feel like I've been spinning my wheels a while, and is there progress? Is there not? And I think my my words to you and my encouragement as we kind of sign off are the the same words that Paul has for Timothy, and that's don't let anyone look down on you because of your age. Mm-hmm. Uh, your age is irrelevant. What really matters is your integrity, your character, your willingness to, to follow God. And as he shapes and forms you, that you're setting an example, even for 70-year-old men, of what it looks like to, to be caught with speech in your mouth that brings life to people. Yeah. Um, conduct that's uplifting and, and wholesome um, and all of those sorts of things. So I just wanted to leave with you, leave that with you. I, I'm really grateful that you were willing to jump in here last minute. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if we mentioned that, but um, had had some scheduling curveballs, and I, I just threw it out there. Should we skip it, or does somebody want to jump in? And, and you said, I'll, I'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. So I'm doubly grateful that you said yes on your birthday, so happy birthday yes, to thank you. thank you, thank you. Um, and if you're watching this or listening, um, please come introduce yourself to Andrew Lima. Yes, please. Um, what's please. up? And um, as, as far as I'm concerned, we should all be on our knees every single day praying for anybody who leads middle school. <laughs> so do uh, you have any final words you want to say? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, going off of uh, uh, the whole young and age stuff like that. It uh, doesn't, matter, doesn't matter what age you are. Uh, when you're following God, you know, it's the same God, whether you're 90 or whether you're nine, you know, so as long as you give yourself to God, God's going to give himself back to you. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming on and we'll uh, we'll sign off so you can go eat crickets uh, at your uh, talent show. You're very excited. Cotton candy flavored. Yeah. So.